Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome again to Daily Dab Differently. Jeremy Kalmanowski with you. Today we're going to study Tractate Sukkah, page 27. I actually want to begin with the bottom of page 26, Amud Bet, from yesterday. You know, we look at our Mishnah, and the Mishnah is broken up into nice, neat little paragraphs, and the Mishnah might appear on one page in the Gemara and three, four pages ago. Uh, was the previous Mishnah, but that's of course artificial because when somebody developed the Mishnah, there was no Gemara, and so the divisions that were placed in between them can come from any number of accidental sources, uh, uh, sometimes even including where the printer chose to put a Mishnah. So it, the previous Mishnah concluded with the statement that Ochlin Vishotin Arai Sukkah, you can eat and drink a snack, an occasional meal outside the Sukkah. Well, at the bottom of 26b, yesterday, yesterday's page, uh, the Mishnah, which was a continuation of that last line, said, So there's a case in which they brought before Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai just to taste the stew so he could give his opinion. Or they brought two dates and a little and a little jug of water to Rabban Gamliel, and in both cases they said, "No, no, I'm not going to eat these outside the sukkah. I'm going to go into the sukkah." Uh, then we get another case. And when Rabbi Tzadok was given a small amount of food, smaller than an egg's bulk, he did not wash his hands, but he wrapped his hands in a cloth and ate them outside the sukkah but did not bless did not bless on that quantity of food well the problem is that the mishnah articulated a rule that a small amount of eating can be done outside of the sukkah but then then we get a story of rabban yochanan ben zakai and rabban gamliel who refused to do just that very thing and the gemara answers with the obvious complaint that is exactly correct maaseli store this is an example which contradicts the idea that you just gave us a minute ago and that makes no sense so, whoever heard of a maase listor? That's a good Talmudic question when the example of someone's behavior appears to contradict the principle. And when that happens, very often the Talmud says that this, you, you had a missing spot in there. They say, There's an ellipsis. The text is written elliptically. What it should mean is something like this You are permitted to eat outside the sukkah an occasional meal. But if you wish to be strict, machmir, go ahead, be strict. And nobody will think that it's ostentatious or arrogant if you choose to insist on eating even small amounts of food in the sukkah, as the cases of Rabban Gamliel and Rabban Yochanan ben Zakkai would instantiate. So we get the idea that while it is permissible to eat a snack outside the sukkah, it's not desirable. And the better thing is to eat inside the sukkah even a small amount. Uh, our page will go on and articulate an analogy or parallel between sukkah and Pesach, 
we learn that just like Pesach is the holiday on the 15th of the month, the, the night of the 14th into the 15th of the month, and Sukkah the same, we learn that uh, just as the Passover meal, eating matzah on the first night of Passover, is a, a Torah obligation, so is it true that eating in the Sukkah on the first evening of, Pas of Sukkot is a Torah obligation, and everyone must do it whether they want to or not. But, just as if you don't like matzah, after the first Seder you don't really have to eat matzah, you can just choose to eat fruit or whatever else. Similarly, with respect to sukkah, you must eat it the first night, but after, after the, that first night you don't have to continue on eating every, everything in the sukkah. You could just eat small amounts of food uh, that, that are below the threshold of quantity of kibetza or kazayat, uh, and, and choose to eat outside the sukkah. Rabbi Eliezer is portrayed as being very strict about the requirements of sukkah. He initially says that everybody has to eat at least two meals a day uh, in the sukkah, then he'll retract that position. But he will go on and articulate the view that each person has to have one sukkah for the whole holiday. If it falls down, of course, you can rebuild it. But that you are not allowed to build yourself two sukkot. He speaks to a person here in our, in our passage who says, well, listen, I have... I have two wives, it's a polygamous time, I have two wives, one in Sipari and one in Tiberia, one in modern Sepphoris, which is in the Lower Galilee, one in, in, uh, in Tiberias. Can't I have two Sukkot, one with one family and one with the other? He says, no, no, each person has to have one Sukkah. And the rabbis don't agree with that, the consensus of the rabbis don't agree with that. They say you can absolutely uh, have multiple Sukkot, you can go from one to the other, uh, if you didn't build yourself a sukkah, you can build one during the holiday. Rabbi Eliezer does not agree with that. He thinks you need one sukkah that must itself be a seven-day sukkah. And this goes on to the question of sukkah she'ula. How about a borrowed sukkah? Rabbi Eliezer does not think there is such a thing as a borrowed sukkah. You have to own your own. The sages do not agree with that. They think that you can share, not only can, but really kind of should share a sukkah with others. Uh, Rabbi Eliezer raises a very interesting point. The reason that one is supposed to own one's own lulav, and we'll get to this in a couple of pages, the Torah says, Ulakachtem lachem beyom harishon, you shall take for yourselves on the first day a lulav, the, the four species, and since it says you're supposed to take it for yourselves, the rule is you're actually supposed to own your own lulav on the first day of Sukkot. Well, the Torah actually also says, in another verse, Chag HaSukot Ta'aselecha Shivat Yamim. You shall make yourself the booths. You shall make yourselves the booth for seven days. Well, Rabbi Eliezer says, if the rule of the word Lecha for yourselves, Lachem, with respect to the Lulav, means you have to own it, it means you have to own it with the Sukkah as well. He's got a very consistent hermeneutic about this word. If it says for you, it means you have to own it. The sages don't agree. The, the sages think that uh, instead there's a different verse, which is actually kind of lovely. It says, Kol ezrach Yisrael yeshvu basukot. Let every citizen, or let every homeborn among Israel, dwell in Sukkot. And the rabbis say, the consensus view of the sages is, Milamed shekol Yisrael reuyim leshev basukah achat. Thus we learn that if, if they earned it, if they deserved it, what should happen is all of Israel should dwell together in a single sukkah.
I love that. Isn't that beautiful? To imagine the entire Am Yisrael celebrating, celebrating themselves uh, together with a single sukkah. Let's hope that we live to see such a day. Thanks for learning today's page with me, and I look forward to learning again with you tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.